Cities have been Bill Fulton's life. The Auburn native now serves as the director of the Kinder Institute at Rice University in Houston, Texas. He's also served as the mayor of Ventura, California and director of planning for the city of San Diego. From a young age, growing up in Auburn with civically engaged parents, it was pretty evident to others around him that Bill would find a way to incorporate cities into his life's work. The urban planner and former politician recently wrote a piece on Medium featured in Curious titled, How My Hometown's Failed Urban Renewal Strategy Shaped Me as an Urbanist. He was talking about Auburn. And today on the program, we dive into the nuts and bolts of that story, Bill's journey, Auburn's history in urban renewal, and how all of those things came together in mid-October for one of the most interesting reads of 2020. I'm Josh Durso for FingerLakes1.com, and this is The Daily Debrief. I grew up in Auburn. Um, I have a background both as a journalist and as an urban planner. Uh, I lived in Southern California for many years and was the mayor of Ventura, California, and later the planning director of San Diego. For those who may not have the right frame of reference for this conversation, walk us through what urban renewal is. Well, urban renewal is a, is a phrase that, uh, uh, I'm sorry, urban renewal is a phrase that, that, that referred to a series of actions that were taken by both the federal government and cities kind of in the 50s and 60s. The idea at the time was that cities were not competitive with the suburbs. Uh, and part of the reason for that is that buildings were old, street patterns were old, and cities uh, had to be renovated in order to compete. So that led all over the country, really, to um, uh, uh, demolition of older buildings, uh, widening of streets, and other things that made uh, the cities seem more like uh, suburbs. So to give you an example, not from Auburn, uh, I went to college at St. Bonaventure, which is in Olean. Uh, when I was there in the 70s, downtown Olean actually had cleared out part of their downtown and built a suburban mall in the downtown as a way of trying to compete with the suburbs. So that was the original idea of urban renewal. The federal government in the 50s and the 60s bankrolled that uh, uh, with lots and lots and lots of money. And most cities in the country of any size undertook some kind of urban renewal. Mm-hmm. And you wrote in your piece, which is really, really interesting, that that Auburn was pretty consequential in, in shaping your thinking. And obviously, uh, you were a young journalist at the time when this was sort of coming to, to life in Auburn. Uh, walk us through that period in your right. life and how that, that uh, whole process uh, did shape your thinking. Well, not only was I a young journalist in Auburn when urban renewal was taking place. Uh, I grew up in Auburn. uh, And so I remember the city as a little kid prior to urban renewal. And it seemed very vibrant to me and very accessible. You could walk anywhere. None of the streets were too wide. Uh, As I indicate in the the piece, um, just about everything you would ever need in terms of a store was in downtown Auburn, that about six by three block area. Um, uh, I don't ever remember, we would go out to Grant Avenue occasionally to a store, but I don't remember ever, for example, going to a doctor that wasn't in downtown Auburn. So part of what got baked into me at an early age was understanding uh, and thinking of Auburn as this completely self-contained city in those days where you could work, uh, you know, your parents, your father in those days mostly worked uh, locally, 
Um, uh, my father almost never worked more than one mile away from the house he grew up in, in Auburn, you know, for decades, um, uh, where you could do all your shopping that you needed to do and, and so forth. So that was baked into me. And so as a young journalist in college, when I covered urban renewal in Auburn, uh, it was very startling to me, as I said in the piece, to walk out of the brand new uh, citizen building on Dill Street in Auburn, uh, which was very uh, architecturally different from the old building across the street, and see all this demolition going on all over the place all the time. It felt like you were in a war zone. It was very disorienting. And one of the jokes I've made over the years, I gave a speech in Buffalo a few years ago where I said, this is, this is where I kind of got my urban planner uh, PTSD, right? Um, uh, that, 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 that experience stayed with me for decades as I was trained as an urban planner and worked on cities all over the country. Did urban renewal try or did that process or the, the, the actions that cities like Auburn were taking in this period, were, were they trying to fix a problem that didn't exist in a way? Like it, it sounds like, and, and it was interesting reading your piece because you know, it, it goes back to, you know, what I remember my parents and my grandparents talking about all over upstate New York was that you had these yes. really vibrant communities and something seemed to happen where there was a shift like a problem was trying to be fixed, but there wasn't a problem to fix, or at least not in the way people would think about it now. I think people now remember that somewhat nostalgically. I think one of the things you have to remember is suburbanization was occurring everywhere. Um, so there was uh, the, the, the powers that be in Auburn, the city fathers in those days, knew that a mall would be built somewhere sooner or later. And, and, and eventually Pyramid Company from Syracuse built Finger Lakes Mall in the town of Aurelius, right, which drained a lot of the businesses out of downtown Auburn. The other thing that I think was, was, uh, is easy to overlook is that many of these older buildings, which we now love in those days, were, um, they were old. Uh, uh, they required significant renovation in order to be uh, to be usable. Most of the upstairs of those buildings, they were three and four story buildings that had been built in the late 19th, early 20th century. Uh, most of the upstairs of those buildings, which had been offices and even residences were vacant. Uh, uh, and and uh, as I indicated um, uh, in the piece, my recollection also is that there was an arson problem at the time, uh, in part because uh, uh, people were trying to figure figure out how to deal with these obsolete buildings. So I don't think that they were trying to solve a problem that didn't exist. Uh, I think they were just trying to solve what they saw as an emerging problem and do it in a, in a way that uh, was predominant at the time, which was to try to compete with the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Okay. In, so retro in retrospect, what, we, what happened in Auburn and many other cities is that the, the unique character of the city and the downtown was at least partially destroyed, right? Uh, th that stuff we value now far more than our fathers and grandfathers or parents and grandparents uh, valued uh, at the time. Is that maybe the, the most striking uh, theme that developed out of this era is sort of the, the, the loss of that or the loss of, of some of that history that very easily probably or more easily could have been, been saved over the years? Yes, that's right. There was a lot of history that could have been saved if we had been more careful and more patient. Um, so I now live in Houston, Texas, a, a city that has not valued history, a city where uh, uh, the most uh, uh, the, 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 the biggest historic preservation battle right now is, believe it or not, over the Astrodome. 
Um, but in the in the downtown of Houston, uh, uh, the historic fabric has been almost completely destroyed by modern office buildings. Uh, and there's maybe three or four blocks of historic fabric left. And that is extremely valued now. It's very successful businesses. Uh, but yes, uh, we went through a period in our history where we did not value that. Uh, and so we we got rid of it rather, uh, uh, rather cavalierly without thinking about how uh, our downtowns, for example, and all the small downtowns in upstate New York, uh, might have to transition to this new era where perhaps they wouldn't be the center, for example, of retailing anymore as malls came in. So I, I'm curious because one of the one of the themes that came out of your piece that I thought was really interesting was, and we've touched on it a little bit, but it's just it's difficult for people to comprehend how complete communities were. And I'm I'm yeah. curious. Clearly, a lot changed in a relatively short window of years. What does that tell us about the work that that needs to be done to get to a new complete or to get to that next. And obviously you mentioned how things are improving in places like Auburn, but how do communities make that leap to the next step and then the next step and keep that, that upward, upward momentum? Well, that is, uh, it's been, there's been an interesting change, particularly in bigger cities. I'll get back to Auburn cities, the size of Auburn in a minute. There's been an interesting change in, in, in bigger cities in the last two years. Obviously a lot of what drove this in the post-war era was all of a sudden everybody had a car, right? Uh, which was not the case prior to World War II. World War, my parents uh, bought their house on North Marvin Avenue in Auburn, New York in 1945, and they did not own a car. Um, you know, they were reliant on the bus, which went right by the front door of the house uh, in a pretty affluent neighborhood. Um, so, so, so what happened after, the war, after World War II was all of a sudden everybody had a car. That opened up new possibilities. People could live in different places. They could work in different places. And that is when this complete community thing began to bust open, right? People would go, uh, in, even in my childhood, people began to go to Fairmount Fair, uh, uh, in Fairmount uh, on the edge of Syracuse to go shopping rather than go to downtown, downtown Auburn. One of the interesting things we've seen as a result of COVID is, that, uh, is what the mayor of Paris in France has called the 15-minute city. And what she wants to do is uh, sort of replicate this complete communities idea so that everything you need, where you work, where you, where you live, where you shop is available to you within a 15-minute walk, uh, of your home. Uh, uh, that's an idea that is emerging in big cities. Now, Auburn's kind of a 15-minute city or a 10-minute city anyway. You can drive anywhere in town in 10 minutes, right? Um, uh, but I think the important point for a city like Auburn or other cities in upstate New York is, can they retain all of the pieces so they don't just become suburbs of a bigger city, right? Auburn mm -hmm. is in far more than when I was a kid, a suburb of Syracuse, right? Yep. Other cities are the same way. Canandaigua, for example, much more a suburb of Rochester than it used to be. So I think a big question is, can those cities retain the, the jobs base and the shopping base at a time when all those things are larger scale so that they retain, remain at least somewhat self-contained. And one of the things I say in the piece is when I moved to California and I settled in Ventura, California, uh, which is a kind of a mellow beachside town, hometown of Patagonia, uh, uh, the, the, the clothing company, uh, a surfing town. Um, one of the things that really struck me was, was the extent to which in the modern age, uh, people who lived in that town also worked in that town. Like Auburn, it was the county seat. It was the center of jobs. Uh, and, and that was something really precious, I thought, that was uh, uh, deteriorating everywhere in America 
uh, in the last in the last few uh, decades, where people don't commute long distances and they live and work and therefore live their whole life in the in the same town. So when I was a when I, when I was you know a soccer coach you know in Ventura when my daughter was little, I ran into the same people I ran into at work or in civic life, right? And that was the way Auburn was when I was when I was young as well. And so that's the kind that's the I think the precious characteristic of, of complete communities that that cities like Auburn and other small cities in upstate New York should at least aspire to try to re- retain as much of as they can. You hinted at it a little a little bit ago, uh, and you've mentioned it a couple times. Transportation and walkability. They seem to be the, the the two main focal points in a lot of these communities as they try to navigate some of these connectivity issues. Um, how big a role do those two factors probably need to play in the next, say, 25 to 30 years of city planning and city developing to, to really get back to that complete territory? Right. I, I think it's huge. Now, most people will always commute and probably also shop in their car, right? Mm-hmm. That's sure. that's reasonable. And in a place like Auburn, not everyone will work within a mile of their house their whole life, like my father did. You might work in Syracuse, you might work in Seneca Falls, you might work at Welsh and something like that, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> but the critical part is to be able to have very close proximity to the things that you, that you want to do. What has happened in many cities, and this is where downtown Auburn has done really well, is it has emerged uh, as an arts and culture and entertainment uh, and sort of bar and restaurant center, right? Much more than I would have expected. In fact, um, uh, a number of people who were in the entertainment and restaurant business in LA actually moved back to Auburn, right? To to invest in downtown Auburn, which was pretty cool uh, to me when I was living in the LA area. But um, so I think what is happening is you're having, you're creating these centers and downtown Auburn is one of these centers or districts where where uh, you can walk from one activity to another. You can walk from, uh, you may drive to the location, but once you're there, you, you, uh, you, you walk everywhere. You walk to the restaurant, you walk to the cultural center, you walk to your artistic exhibit, you walk to your play, whatever. Uh, in my business, that's sometimes called a park once strategy, right? Uh, you park once and you do lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that happens in cities that have a park once strategy and begin to develop uh, uh, um, uh, a, a walking environment around a business district or a commercial or a cultural district or a restaurant district is people begin to want to live there. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're beginning to see that in, in downtown or in and near downtown Auburn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the build the housing stock in Auburn is all over the place. It's all old. Some of it is just fabulous. Uh, and a lot of it, uh, some of it is in rough shape and has to be and, and requires a fortune to be renovated, like the, the recent experience of the castle on Owasco Street, right? Yeah. Uh, which, prob- which probably will cost a ha- far more than anyone could ever get back from it to, to, to renovate. But a, a lot of the more modest buildings right near downtown Auburn are fabulous places, buildings to live in. Uh, they have a lot of character. And so uh, we're beginning to see downtown Auburn, like a lot of other downtowns around the country, reemerge, not necessarily as the shopping center of the region, which is what downtown Auburn was, uh, uh, but really as sort of the cultural entertainment activity center of the region uh, to the point where people uh, begin to want to live in that immediate proximity, even if they do drive somewhere else to work. That's sort of the new reality. Do you think work from home helps this process along maybe a little bit with a big, maybe a slightly bigger chunk of the, the workforce continuing to work from home after the pandemic's over? Yeah, I think there's two aspects to that. One is, well, 
the jury's kind of out on that in a couple of ways. There's two aspects to that, though. One is um, if you if you don't have to commute to your office every day, where do you live, right? Um, uh, a flip side of that, a sort of a suburban flip side of that that we're seeing, especially in, in New York right now, New York City right now, is if you live in a small in a small house, a small building, a small unit. Uh, and you all of a sudden have to work at home every day. Well, you probably want more living space. So that's why we see people leave, you know, leaving Manhattan and buying bigger houses in New Jersey, for example, down by New York. So um, uh, that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect and more interesting is uh, some people will be able to make lifestyle choices about where they live uh, if they're completely untethered from their uh, from their job. So, uh, for example, my son-in-law works uh, that lives in the Bay. He, they live in the Bay area and he works at Facebook and, and, and Facebook has basically said you never have to come to work again. So they're moving to Oregon. Right. Uh, but I think a place like Auburn could clearly benefit from people from Auburn who live elsewhere who all of a sudden don't have to commute to work. Uh, they do office work. They do high value added work. They like the lifestyle of living and, 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 and the activity around downtown Auburn. Like they like the small town feel uh, Auburn, like a lot of other places could become, they're beginning to call them zoom towns, mm-hmm. right? Where, where people live because they, because their work is, is, is uh, for zoom. I think Auburn is a, could be a classic zoom town, especially since uh, the downtown area has become so rich with, with activity in the last few years. So I, I'm curious and I want to take sort of the end on a couple positive notes here. Um, when you take this whole period of time, say from the early 1960s through present day, uh, what have cities like Auburn gotten right? What are what are the positive qualities that have come out of this sort of change era? I think what we what cities like Auburn have gotten right in the long run is realizing the value of the historic fabric and the fact that cities are cities more than suburbs cities are flexible and they are adaptable to new situations. I mean, if you one of the things I always say is if you look at the history of Boston, for example, how did a whaling town wind up becoming the world's capital of higher education, right? There were several steps that had to go through. Uh, Auburn used to be a factory town. Uh, it's on the way to be in, it's, it's still a wonderful factory town, actually. I recently looked this up. Auburn has uh, uh, Auburn has an amazing uh, manufacturing output uh, still today, uh, almost as much as, for example, Miami or Jersey City, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, I, but I think what places like Auburn have gotten right is understanding that simply because something is old doesn't mean you shouldn't value it. And there are ways to, uh, and, and character matters, uh, unique qualities of place matter. And if you can take advantage of those, you have a competitive advantage uh, in, the, in, in, in finding people who want to live in your town and want to contribute economically to your town. I think that's what Auburn's gotten right in the last 20, 15, 20 years uh, after the urban renewal era. Um, the market hasn't been strong enough to have to show a lot of new construction. Um, but the old stuff has gotten, the old stuff has been renovated and gotten a lot better. I mean, I think uh, all that stuff around uh, on State Street, around Prison City, uh, that's just a fabulous right on the corner there of State and Genesee. That's just a fabulous little area now that in 20 years ago, you never would have expected that there would be that much activity there. When you think about the future, 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, uh, what is one positive thing that you think is going to happen pretty broadly in a lot of these communities, whether it's in Auburn or whether it's any other uh, smaller city in the U.S.? Right. 
I think it is that people will value the quality of place more than ever that will continue to grow. Um, and one of the interesting things about COVID is that as people come out of big cities and lots and lots of people are leaving New York and the Bay Area right now because of COVID, right? They want to move to places that have a high, strong quality of place, places that have a history, places that have character, places that have walkability, places that have interesting businesses and bars and restaurants, places that have an interesting arts and culture scene. So I think uh, what we're going to see over the next uh, 15, 20 years is an acceleration of interest in, in cities that have character and cities that exhibit a, a significant quality of place. And I think even with the urban renewal disaster that we experienced in the 70s, uh, Auburn is still on the right side of that, of that issue. There's enough historic character that Auburn can be a winner, I think, in the long run. All right, Bill, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for taking it this morning talking with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. The Daily Debrief is a production of FingerLakes1.com Digital Media. It's hosted by members of the FL1 News team and was created by Gabe Petrazio and me, Josh Durso. If you'd like to check out past episodes and stories, visit www.fingerlakes1.com daily. You can also subscribe to the show on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We have one ask for our listeners, though, and subscribers of the show. Consider becoming a supporter of ours over on Patreon. Right now, that help is invaluable in ensuring that we're able to continue doing what we do here on the podcast, but also continue our general news gathering efforts over on fingerlakes1.com. In the last two years, our platform has been accessed and read more than 50 million times. We just need a few of you to really begin making a difference with more reporters, more podcasts, and more in-depth coverage of the things that matter. Visit www.patreon.com slash FO1 to do it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.